0: No purchase necessary. Void are prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: All right, let's give uh, let's give away four more pairs of tickets to the Mississippi Braves, M. Braves, double-A affiliate of the Atlanta Braves. Wonderful partner on the show. Beautiful stadium they play in. It is a thirsty Thursday. Brought to you by Key City Brewery and Tex Braves to our ag up equipment john deere tractor text line 601-885-3776 we'll give away four pairs uh first four people to text braves to 601-885-3776 thirsty thursday two dollar beers you got Michelob Ultra, stella artois kona big wave golden ale key city many other beers out there at the Braves ballpark. And also, Key City Brewery, that group will be in studio at 930. They're local from Vicksburg. They got it going on. And uh, what did I have last night, Jason? You said you had the
2: Ohana Rands Revenge. I did. Oh, oh Ohana Rands Curse. That's yes. what it is. Ohana Rand's Curse. Good Irish red ale.
1: It's a delicious Irish red ale by uh, K- Key City Brewery. So look forward to, uh, well, sipping on a little beer later with Key City Brewery. We want to welcome in our friend Tom Luganbill on the Out of Bound Show, 105.9 The Zone ESPN, National College Football Analyst with ESPN. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. And uh, Tom Luganbill, have you watched the Johnny Manziel documentary? I
3: Dude, and and I got to be honest with you, I was disappointed in it. I, I I came away feeling like I didn't learn anything I didn't already know, or at least didn't already assume went on. Right. And I also thought it would be you know two to three episodes. Like I, it just it was kind of quick, and I thought they kind of tree things a little bit. And you know, what's so interesting about it though is <laughs> like you know normally when you have a, a story like this. At some point, like the story comes to an end and there's the individual, in this case, Johnny Manziel, and he's found himself a wife and he's got three beautiful kids. And, you know, he's learned from his mistakes and he, and he looks back with regret and he looks forward with promise and and, and love for his family and, and what's ahead. And all we did was watch the same from the beginning to end.
1: <laughs> well, so w- when did you meet him? Uh, when was the first time you met him?
3: Well, so when they showed Dave Pash on that clip with Greasy, that was our first game that year. It was my first game on the field as a field analyst. So it was the Texas A&M Rice game that opening season, first week when he was suspended because of the autograph thing for the first half.
1: Oh, and, after um, he had become a huge deal. Okay.
3: Yeah, this would have, this would have been coming off of the the Heisman year. So. Yeah. Um, we met him in, in, you know, game prep and, and all of that stuff. And, uh, and, uh, and yeah, actually that was my first game with the field analyst that year.
1: Okay. Was it really? Yeah. Okay.
3: 20 10
1: years ago, 2013, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 Cause he boat raced everybody in 2012. So I remember, well, um, I remember going to the A&M Mississippi state game Lugs, in 2012 and he made everybody on Mississippi State's defense look silly. And, I yeah. look, I, I got to see Bo Jackson live, Herschel, uh, you know, Tebow, Cam. I watched all those guys live, uh, among others. Peyton Manning. Well, I mean, he not the same deal athletically, but great player. Um, and many, many others. And I just thought, at the time, I thought, I've never seen anything like this. So, yeah, I get that he's, you know, Not awesome as a dude, but what a spectacular talent, Tom.
3: Oh, I mean, he, and when you, when you listen to, you know, Cliff Kingsbury talk about him, it's, it's almost like he knew the only way to deal with him was to just unleash him. Mm -hmm. Right. Here's, here's kind of the premise of what we'd like to do. But I'm not necessarily going to tell you how to get from point A to point B to point C because I think in doing something like that, you're probably restricting what he's capable of. Mm -hmm. And I think Cliff King very recognized that. And he recognized that very early on. And it was very clear, too, that he recognized that there were some things going on that he didn't want to know nothing about. Right. That he wanted to be as far away from. As long as the kids showed up every day to practice, showed up to meetings and showed up to the game, That was his chief concern. Um, But, yeah, I mean, he could do things that were just so instinctively natural, like stuff that you either come out of the womb with or you don't. But the problem, the problem is, and it goes back to you and I have talked about this countless times, at the end of the day, right, if you don't have some of those other factors like work ethic and, you know, the utmost of character, a devotion to the weight room, a devotion to the playbook, like sooner or later, it all catches up with you. And you're only going to go so far because when you get to that next level, um, everybody else that is a worker that is taking it serious, that does devote themselves to it entirely. They'll go right past you.
1: Right. Uh, I like that instinctively natural. You know, it reminds me of, uh, what Jimmy Iveen said, music mogul, um, mm-hmm. and he was part uh, – I mean, he he worked with so many talented musicians, and then he got in with Dr. Dre and Beats, and they sold it to Apple for, for $3 billion. But when they were interviewing him about all the people he had uh, worked with over his career, he said, man, you you can't harness those people. You got to let them ride. Right. I mean, you got right. – And there's just it, – it, it, what he reminded me of is musicians that you could never put in a box. You had to, let, even the, you know, some of the stuff they did outside of the stage, you were like, ugh, but they were so insanely talented, Tom. You just had to let it ride, and I think that's what Cliff Kingsbury and, and Kevin Sumlin and others did. Luke's,
3: Yeah, and you know what, and, and I don't, it's not that different than what Baker Mayfield is. You know, Baker Mayfield's very, very similar the same True. way. Um, was able to maybe harness it a little bit and step back and say, okay, I can only, I can only walk this line or push this envelope so far. And he kind of had that intuition that Johnny's never had, mm-hmm. right? There, there, there is no line in the sand. There is no red line. There is no, no going too far in his mind. Um, and you know what's so sad about it, dude? It's like, when you, like when you watch him, and you see him play he could have been Doug Flutie yes he would have been a bill he would have been a billionaire
1: well he could have been and you know what he could have been a poor man's and please understand how good this is you do a more athletic poor man's Drew Brees and here's where I'm going with because he was deadly accurate Luke's I mean mm-hmm had he had he allowed people that you know to to coach him you're right he could have made several hundred million dollars that's a great point
3: oh yeah oh yeah big time big time and um and it's just a shame to see all of that because and, and you know you talk about accurate like he's the kind of accurate that Brett Favre was in the sense that it, things don't have to be perfect right right You don't have to be on platform all the time. You don't have to have a clean pocket. He could be falling away. He could be thrown across his body. He could be uh, drifting off to the right. And he could, without things being perfect, maintain accuracy, which is extremely rare.
1: I have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it. After a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to. And I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day. And that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends, over cocktails, I gave it a shot, and believe me, it is the real deal. Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times.
2: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life.
0: No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: He is the most electrifying player I've ever watched. At the, well, hold on. Michael Vick. So, so there's yeah, three my, that my jump head. out at me, but you, you've been in this deal for a long time. And a lot of people ride with Reggie Bush. And no doubt he was electrifying. But I always have to go back to the QB position because it trumps all. And so yep. it's tough for me, Luke, between Vic and Johnny Manziel. And I saw a list. Jason pulled it. Uh, most electrifying college football players of all time. This list has Reggie Bush one, Michael Vick two, Adrian Peterson three, and Vince Young Four, Charles Woodson, who was an amazing pro, five, and Manziel. Where's Marshall Falk on that list? Falk is not on here, but as you, know, you and I both, uh, hey, I'm with, with you. Him. He was one of my favorite players. <laughs> Lamar Jackson I comes true. in at seven.
3: Okay. That's fair.
1: Devin Hester at eight. Tyran Matthew at nine, Ted Ginn Jr. at 10. Falk would trump a lot of the guys that I just referenced on this list.
3: Yeah. But there's some big ones on there. There's some big names there that that have literally, I mean, if you wanted to find electrifying, they are.
1: What, um, you know, Cam's not on here. I think the first time I watched Cam live, it was Thursday night against Mississippi State. We were still kind of warming up to who and what he was. But I was on the sideline for some of the game, and here my first thought was, "I've never seen anything like this six five six six, kind of like Magic Johnson at point guard. Never seen right. anything like this six, five, six, six, 250 plus at quarterback. But he just was still so raw. He wasn't was he super good? Yeah, but he wasn't like electrifying like Vic or Manziel. Does that make sense, Tom? At that point,
3: no, it's funny. Yeah, because he's not sudden like that yeah those guys were sudden they were stop start jump cut this that he, he was too big to be that guy mm-hmm. right it's so funny too not to get off topic but you talk about cam so i happened to be at auburn that spring doing some recruiting stuff while they were in spring football the the spring semester he got there and bo i am not kidding around and if gus malzahn was on with us right now he would back me in saying this he was so bad in the two days that I was there, like you watched him, you watched him and he was this big, good looking kid, rocket of an arm, like strong arm. He was fumbling snaps. He was mishandling handoffs. He's airmailing throws that were easy completions. And it was like, Oh man, dude, how are they going to play with this guy? And then All of a sudden he shows up in the fall and the rest is history. And I'm not exaggerating what I tell you. It was, it was crazy. How bad he was. Uh,
1: who would you pick as more electrifying? I think I know where you're going to go. Mike Vick or Johnny Menzel? Mike Vick. Yeah, that's what I thought.
3: And and I think, you know, I think the other thing, too, about it, like if you asked the two of those guys to get on the line and run, I mean, I, I think Michael Vick would outrun him by three or four lengths. Mm-hmm.
1: I agree uh you know i can't I couldn't figure out how like straight line fast Manziel was, but I just remember seeing him live that day against Mississippi State, and he just ran past people um so I don't think he's he necessarily flew, but he was quick and fast, but not like you know at some of the other guys we're referencing Tom Luganville on the out of bounds show and the farm bureau insurance guest line uh you're listening to out of bounds e s p n one o five nine the zone. So uh, I want to switch gears here to there. There's some talk that Michigan can win the national title. I'm not convinced, but I think they can have a great year. I don't think they got enough juice to get past um, Georgia, Bama or LSU, whoever shakes out of, uh, of our league down here. But I do think that they can beat Ohio state in Ann Arbor Um, again, believe it or not, just because uh, maybe that's the way Harbaugh has built the team. Do you believe that Michigan is can actually get all the way through Big Ten championship game and two games in the playoffs this year?
3: Yeah, I, I think they're capable, but I think with every team that's in that conversation, you have to you have to stay healthy, right? You have to have the ball bounce your way a couple of times. You have to have um, you know, your best players play their best, especially in the biggest games that you play. And I think that's one thing about Michigan that people trust now that they didn't trust his first four or five six years there was, do you remember the criticism they used to take? Cause they couldn't beat anybody that was any good. I mean, he had his record against top 10 teams. I think at one point was one and 11 and, and they just every time they had a high profile matchup, they laid an egg and then they finally got over that hump. And, and I think that's kind of what gives them some credence and some, and some equity and belief that they can, they, they can win the thing. I, don't, I still don't think that they have Ohio State pure athletes. No. Um, but I think they're every bit as probably good as, as a team, um, as, as Ohio State is. So, you know, we'll see. And the other thing, too, is in, in the grand scheme of things, in all of college football, well, I think one of the biggest storylines is the teams that are quote unquote supposed to be contenders? Many of them are replacing their quarterback. So you got Ohio State, you've got Georgia, you've got Alabama, you've got Clemson, all right. Um, and when those teams are supposed to be in the mix, and then you have a uh, an LSU in there with Jaden Daniels, all right, and you've got a Michigan with J.J. McCarthy, you got an SC with Caleb Williams. I do I, I do think that those teams probably get a little bit of a more of a benefit of the doubt when you're making preseason prognostications because the most important position is accounted for.
1: Okay, so where does that leave us with Bama? I can't wait to see what Tommy Reese and, and Nick Saban do. Um, I, it's funny that we're saying this. This is a big year for Saban because they haven't won it the last couple of years. And uh, his mentor has, uh, protege, excuse me, and... Yeah. Yeah, I just wonder if they're going to. This is. It's not. I shouldn't say this. It's not easy for coaches to do. But when you have a dude like Milrow who can run it, man, it just cleans up a lot of stuff. If you're, if you don't have, you know, if Simpson or the Notre Dame guy are just not mm-hmm. super duper poised and accurate in the passing game, Luke's.
3: I, I would agree and I think that's why he may have the slight edge. I also think he has the locker room, which is a big component to all of it. Oh yeah. You know, you know, Tyler Buckner's new coming in from Notre Dame, uh Ty Simpson's just, you know, finishing up Redshirting. Um and, and so in, in Jalen's play the most the problem with Jalen Milrow is he just has a tendency to just make stupid decisions with the football. And <laughs> that is that is not going to play out well um with with that head coach and if you turn the ball over to the other team if you make poor decisions you're just not going to last long with him i i think the i saw a headline i think it was in the Tuscaloosa news where a quote from Nick Saban when he was asked about the quarterback position he basically said force us to play you yes yeah, i saw Which that it's essentially means nobody's taking the reins of this thing Nobody has gotten themselves advanced or had the leg up because you're all doing the same things, meaning you'll make a play, you'll miss a play. You'll make two plays, you'll screw up two plays. It, it, It seems to be the same common denominator across the board. And Alabama's personnel is going to be so good that I think that's probably what frustrates Nick Saban is you don't have to play beyond yourself. Right? You don't have – it's like Kyle McCord or, or Devin Brown at Ohio State. You're going to walk in that huddle with the best receiving core in America at Ohio State. Just don't screw it up. And so it's the same thing with Harrison back at, at Georgia. And I'm not convinced on him yet either. We'll see. But, dude, just walk in there. Ryan Day put it perfectly. Make the routine plays routinely.
1: Right. I yeah. mean, that,
3: that's basically what it comes down to. And apparently at Alabama, that's not taking place right now. But to your first point, if you can run and they can use you in their run game, it's going to take a load off of everything else, and it changes how defenses will have to defend Alabama. And that might be why they're forced to take what is the good, being his legs, and have to accept the bad until he either works his way out of it or works his way out of the lineup.
1: Yeah, Because as good as Bryce Young was, and he is athletic, bottom line is he wasn't a runner and they didn't want him to run. Uh, He didn't, you know, he's deadly accurate and also um, they didn't want him to get hurt. So now all of a sudden we shift to this and really it's, it's been a long, it's been a long time, uh, you know, since Bama, if Milrow is the guy where not only dual threat, but I mean, he may be the best rushing QB in the country if he does get the nod, Tom.
3: Yeah, I mean, you look at what – and the thing is, if you look at him, if you've ever seen him in print, he literally looks like a running back or a strong safety. And to be honest with you, I think that's what they'd like to do with him, but I don't think the kid wants anything to do with that. So the bottom line is, if he's going to be stubborn about playing quarterback, okay, but then whatever those strengths are that he does bring that can lead to playing another position, you got to – you got to wrap the offense around those strengths and do whatever you can to mask the weaknesses.
2: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. BDW. Void we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Out of bounds. ESPN 105.9 The Zone. We're visiting with Tom Luganbill on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. It looks like, all right, so things are maybe shaking out down at Auburn, Tom. Um, we've got Peyton Thorne, the, the transfer from Michigan State. Robbie Ashford, what wh- whoever Hugh Freeze has, he elevates them. Now, there's a ceiling on some guys, but what he's done with guys is is incredible. I ex- mm-hmm. They may not be really good at quarterback, but I expect them to be way more than serviceable and in that pretty good range regardless of who wins it at Auburn. Your thoughts?
3: Yeah, I, I think Peyton Thorne has a very low ceiling. I think he's a what-you-see-is-what-you-get type guy, personally. I think some of the discussion that we were having about Jalen Mill at Alabama does apply to Robbie Ashford in the sense that he's so athletic and he's proved, he's played a lot of football. And I'll, I'll give him this. He is, he has taken the brunt of some serious, serious criticism, right. And, public scrutiny and is hung in there. So I think Robbie Ashford has some mental toughness. Um, he's, he's got a short memory and if they can just elevate his accuracy and his his ability to, again, make the routine plays routinely, then he doesn't have to carry the entire offense either. It was like last year, they had no semblance of a passing game. So the entire offense was on him just manufacturing plays or being used as a designated runner. So there has to be a complement and a balance to that. But I think he brings more to the position than, than Peyton Thorne does. And maybe Peyton Thorne has gone through camp and just been more efficient and made better decisions and been more accurate as a passer, which is what everybody wants out of Robbie Ashford, but you're not going to get those same wow or impressive run plays. And people aren't going to have to defend Auburn the way you would if, if Robbie Ashford is, is playing quarterback. So um, I, I just, I, I was one of those people, like, I was really surprised Oregon state took DJ Uyunglele out of the transfer portal. I was super surprised. Nebraska took Jeff Sims out of the transfer portal. And I was equally surprised that Auburn took Peyton Thorne. Okay. I just, I looked at, I'm like, okay, is that, is that a depth ad or are you looking at him as a significant improvement?
1: Hmm. Well, we've only got a minute, but that takes us to, you just teed me up. You know, we go back to Spencer Sanders and Jackson Dart. Everybody seems to believe that Dart has this totally under control, but I'm not, I'm just not convinced. I I think Kiffin's a mad scientist and very successful most of the time on offense, but he will try and push anything. And, you know, Dart is no doubt talented, but I just, you never know when Sanders could, could jump up. Who knows?
3: I don't, I don't think, I don't think anything has changed with Lane Kiffin and Jackson Dart in their relationship since the beginning of last year. And it's very simple. If you take risks with the football, you are likely not going to be the starting quarterback here, plain and simple. He knows how talented he is. He knows he's capable of making spectacular plays, but you can't throw the ball to the other team. And I think if Jackson Dart's going to be their guy and he knows full well that when it comes to decision-making, he's on a short leash, then we won't see Spencer Sanders. Yeah. If he makes four decisions, we will. Now, now you have to have a discussion about Spencer Sanders. Is he healthy? And can right. he stay healthy? Because that's been a career problem for him.
1: We'll leave it there. Hope you have a good weekend. Thanks, dude.
3: You too, man. See ya.
1: Tom Luganbill, National College Football Analyst with ESPN. He joined us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Our show is brought to you by FS1 Concepts. And uh, we are excited to have them on the show And obviously, they service restaurants and casinos and hunting camps with appliances like reach-in and walk-in coolers and freezers and stainless steel tables and sinks, custom available in ice machines, powered by FS1 Concepts
0: The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch-ch-chumba. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary void we prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the
2: weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky?